0: You've read or heard or preached the scripture this week, now what? Join me, Pastor Carissa, and my colleague, Pastor Alan, as we explore the spaces between the Sundays in our podcast, Soft Idolatry.
1: Welcome to Season 4, Episode 11 of Soft Idolatry. Carissa, how are things with you today?
0: Going pretty well. Uh, There's a ton of snow out there on my hill here in western Pennsylvania today. We've got about... Eight inches and counting up here on the top of my hill, and the plow has not touched my road yet, but I've got nowhere to go. All my meetings are virtual, so I'm staying in and staying warm. How about you?
1: Well, we are not getting snow right now. I'm guessing that we'll see your snow in about six or eight hours, maybe more. And I'm glad for that because after we finish recording, I am driving to the hospital for my second COVID shot.
0: You're so smug about living in a state that actually has their act together when it comes to vaccinations. It's a hot mess here in Pennsylvania.
1: I think this may be dumb luck on where I am and how they were, how they are distributing the vaccine in New Jersey. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ascribe too many good things to Jersey.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but like, West Virginia really has it together with this vaccination stuff. And and Pennsylvania overall has handled the pandemic pretty well for the past year. And then the vaccination schedules just, yeah, it's going to be a while here before I get a a shot at a shot.
1: (laughs) Indeed. shot at a vaccination. I, I think West Virginia has a relatively small population, and so it's probably somewhat easier to manage a small population, and coming up with what the priorities are for that state. But I do think that it probably has more to do with not really having a transition plan between one presidential administration and the other. And, well, we won't devolve into a discussion of politics. Um, We're going to stay in our lane. (laughs) We're going to stay in our lane for now and uh, talk about our texts on this Transfiguration Sunday.
0: Yes, Transfiguration Sunday, indeed. And uh, I'm going to drop a shocker out there today. I'm not actually preaching the lectionary Transfiguration passages this Sunday.
1: You're not preaching the Transfiguration this Sunday? What's wrong with you?
0: I know I'm such a terrible liturgical nerd, um, but here's the, so part on the surface. I just simply have a great sermon series going right now, <laughs> and I don't want to stop for the transfiguration. But um, oh, I have it's also all about
1: some, you, is it?
0: It <laughs> sometimes it is. Yes, um, I, I am an Enneagram Seven after all, um, and I'm having fun with this sermon series. But um, I am though. I've been very carefully crafting this to prepare for Lent. And uh, when we look at where Transfiguration Sunday falls, it's the last Sunday before Lent. So we've got Transfiguration Sunday, and then Ash Wednesday is this coming Wednesday. And so um, I'm still using this as like the launch pad for moving in to Lent.
1: And there is definitely a wonderful point of contact. Wait, what did you say your texts were?
0: I or didn't. Or did you? You did <laughs> I didn't. I, I'm anticipating so things fair. that
1: our listeners haven't heard.
0: <laughs> this is what happens when we, we talk before we hit the record button sometimes. <laughs> so I am actually, um, there. there's three texts that I am drawing from. Um, the, the first is Isaiah 61, 1 through 2, um, and it is a, a passage that um, talks about binding up the broken and, and caring for those in need. And then I'm going to be using Luke 4, 14 through 21, in which Jesus goes to the temple or synagogue, um, is handed that scroll and reads it. Um, so it's a passage of Jesus reading this, this passage from Isaiah and saying this is happening right now this is this is what i'm here for and um, i'm also pairing that with one of your favorites alan um the deuteronomy 6 section that talks about the shema
1: shema yisrael
0: wind them up and watch them go
1: yeah it's like <laughs> that's the only literally hebrew the only remember. hebrew i can quote <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can still recite much of Genesis 1. (laughs) No, it's a great party trick. That's about it. Um, Yeah. And so in English, that is. um,
1: Hear, O Israel, the Lord is thy God, the Lord alone.
0: Yes. Listen up. Listen
1: up. And that is actually a point of connection with our lectionary reading from the Gospel of Mark, which will form the basis of my sermon, Mark 9, verses 2 through 9. It's the account of the transfiguration. You know the story. Peter, James, and John go up the mountain with Jesus. There's a dazzling light. Jesus' clothes shine radiant white, and then they see Elijah and Moses, and the disciples want to stay there. But they have to go down the mountain, and then they hear the voice of God. And in Mark's version, God says, This is my Son, the Beloved. Listen to him. And that's the point of contact. Listen. Shema. Listen. Hear. It's a command. Don't miss this. Pay attention.
0: Yes. And you have a similar statement by Jesus himself in that, that Luke passage that I am using where he reads the scripture. He reads that passage from Isaiah and says, this is, this is me. This is what I'm here for. This is what I'm doing. So there is this important statement of Christ's mission that happens in the Transfiguration story and in the passages that I'm using that help to set us up for Lent.
1: Yeah, it's it's the connection between uh, God's act of revelation through the prophets of the Old Testament, whether it is Isaiah, which is read by Jesus in that passage from the Gospel of Luke, or whether it is Elijah and Moses who appear in the story of the Transfiguration, it shows this Linkage between God's plan for humanity and God's reaching out to humanity first through the prophets and then finally through Jesus, the word made flesh.
0: Yeah. So I'm not actually throwing out Transfiguration Sunday, but I'm kind of reframing it this year. I think of all the years to reframe things, this is a good one. (laughs) to do it um what what do you find are helpful connection points alan between transfiguration sunday and that setting up for lent i know we've talked a little bit um off the air about like ash wednesday and our our preparations in that regard um but how do you how do you use transfiguration as a, a setup for lent
1: Oh, I don't know. I was hoping you'd give me something good to use in this podcast.
0: <laughs> so, you know, for me, it's, you know, Lent is this time that we explore our need for Christ, right? He tells us his mission. This is what I'm here for. And we spend Lent um, fasting, emptying ourselves of things that are distracting, filling ourselves up with practice and things that are connecting, that that bring us closer to God. Um And recognizing that need for Jesus and, um, our, um, our invitation to be on, on the, the journey as well. So
1: I I guess this has always been one of those disconnects for me or points of disjunction mm -hmm. with the lectionary because we start out the, the year with of course the incarnation the birth of the christ and then we move into epiphany and we get these little bits of revelation of jesus identity and then we get this final epiphany and the message is you've seen the truth now go down off the mountain and Tell everyone else. And and yes, at least in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus says, Don't tell anybody until after I'm dead yeah. and resurrected. But the implication is very clear. Come down off the mountain and tell the story. And then we roll right into Lent and it's like, oh, get all introspective now for the next six weeks. You know, <laughs> take take all of the stuff that you've been hearing and shut it down and Uh, and meditate, which, uh, you know, don't, don't ever tell an extrovert to meditate.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I I think meditation is a great practice for extroverts. And you know that I say this as an extrovert myself. Um, it, I, I think it's good for us. It's hard for us, but it's Mm. good for us. I think it's interesting that you mentioned the part where in the gospel of Mark, Jesus says, but hold off sharing this. Um, and I I feel like that's exactly the disconnect you just articulated between, um, getting all this information about Jesus, this like, Hey, here he is in the world. And then having to shut it down and be quiet for a little while until Easter. I think it's really interesting that you, you pointed that out, um, in both of those places.
1: I'm all about the disconnects.
0: All about the disconnects, yeah. I just think it's a great it's a great parallel. Uh, maybe it's a place to, to sit. I didn't mean for this to turn into a spiritual direction.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, well but, at least you know, I'm not paying you for the privilege of undergoing spiritual <laughs> direction. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna have to bill you for this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. No, you're you're right though. It's um that that's the thing. We are so often, we as clergy, are geared into the idea of what we do is impart knowledge or we take the knowledge that we have been filled with and find ways to share that knowledge, disseminate that knowledge, pass that knowledge along. And yes, that is a major function of our job, but it's not just knowledge. It's not just information that we pass along. And if it is just information, then all we are doing is lecturing to people that we hope are interested in our lectures, and they aren't always. It's about how we live this and share it beyond the words that we use. And so perhaps that disconnect between the final epiphany of transfiguration and the self-examination of Lent is the reminder that we need to move from knowledge to practice, and that maybe we don't always run out there with our hair on fire shouting the message maybe we reflect on the message in a way that is not always comfortable and then we share the message
0: yeah i i think that there's kind of two uh dangers that can happen to transfiguration sunday and one of those is um well maybe there's three because there's the the disconnect that you named there's also um the Um, the tendency to kind of blow past it because as as clergy, we um, we recover from Christmas and and Advent, right, which is like that's a that's a marathon. And then we all of a sudden we realize that, oh, shoot, it's Lent. Like, here we are again. And um, so there's there's sort of this almost exhaustion of liturgical holidays that can happen. Um, and, and then we've got like nothing all summer in ordinary time. Uh, I think the other, uh, danger we we need to look out for too, though, is not making Transfiguration Sunday, like a standalone thing Hmm. because it, um, it is more powerful when it's connected to the story on either end. Um, this little baby that we welcomed, that the wise men brought gifts to, that the angels sang about um, transfigured on the mountain. Like this is, this is who he is, you know, we've been spending all this time learning about that, but we also don't want to disconnect that from what's going to happen.
1: So it's not about the disconnect. It's about the pivot.
0: Yeah, it's a hinge. It's a hinge for, for how we transition from one season to another. Um, Which is why I'm okay using a slightly different hinge this year. Um, so lest anyone accuse me of being unhinged, I still have a hinge right there to, to pull that together. Um, I still think that that's an important thing to do is to move from that, from that, um, more joyous, um, yay, Jesus is here to into this time of, yeah, but we know it's coming and we need to sit with this story and let it steep into our being.
1: Yeah, I'll buy that. I, I, I'll i buy that. And this is perhaps the beauty of the seasonal nature of the lectionary. Yes. At, at least until, you know, a Sunday or two after Pentecost.
0: Right. When all of a sudden we realize we're reading every passage in the scriptures about bread for like eight weeks straight. Is <laughs> the, the bread of life section Only in of year ordinary C. time. <laughs> I think it's, um, it's good for all of us to, um, to take some time this, this week to stop and think about that transition between seasons. Uh, I think that, um, I agree with you that there's something beautiful in the seasonal nature of the lectionary of the liturgical cycle. It helps us, uh, cue our own life rhythms to the rhythms of scripture and the narrative that we see in scripture. And it helps remind us of all pieces of the story. Otherwise there's some of us that would only talk about good Friday and some of us would only talk about Easter. And some of us would only talk about Christmas. We'd pick the, you know, and so it's good to have that rhythm built in.
1: Mm-hmm. Actually, I think even more than those, the, the, the From my experience with the institutional church, the place that we sometimes want to live and dwell is Palm Sunday. Yes. You know, that that we want to live and dwell in these glory years when the pews and the collection plates were always full.
0: Right, right.
1: And we are too often... um, We are too often seeking ways to return to that past just as Peter wants to build uh, dwelling places for Jesus, Moses, and Elijah.
0: Yeah. I love that part of the transfiguration story. Me too. (sighs) Cause I feel Peter in that moment. He's like, Hey, this is wonderful. We really love this Jesus. We're going to build some little houses (laughs) and stay a while. And, um, and, and us, you know, modern day Christians reading this are like, oh, Peter, but like, it's about to go down, buddy. Um, yeah, that's such a great part.
1: You sounded just like you do when you talk to your kids.
0: <laughs> that's not wrong. <laughs> oh, Peter, buddy. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that that that's um, really astute that you pointed out um, about how we do that as as churches. We want to build our houses in specific times and spaces, rather than going along with the change of the seasons. There's a lot of that happening in the modern American church, um, this not wanting to go along with the seasons, but they're not all golden, but they're all important.
1: They're not all golden, and of course, that's the nature of hindsight, is we just look at the wonderful parts of those seasons in our past. I know that... um, I'm sure I've mentioned this a little in our podcast, but certainly this is a frequent topic of conversation in our conversations. And that is just how difficult it has been for me to uh how old was I when I took this call 46. Old. Oh yes (laughs) Um, (laughs) laugh it up fuzzball Uh, um yes how how challenging it has been for me to pick up and move to New Jersey not really knowing anyone here in this place, and being physically distant from some of the best friends that I have ever had. And, you know, th- there is a a saying in um, in addiction and recovery circles that someone is seeking a geographic cure. And that means that uh, whatever your problem in life is, you think you can solve it by moving to a new place. And there is a part of me that just wishes I could, I'm going to hope no one from my congregation is listening right now. <laughs>
0: <Aww>. <laughs> no, no, no.
1: Uh, there, there is a part of me that, that wishes to still be in Western Pennsylvania because in my mind that's, always where home is and when i go to that place that emotional place of wishing i were still there i ignore the amazing things that are happening here in freehold and the amazing opportunity that i have here Uh, to say nothing of the fact that i am getting my second vaccination today Uh, (laughs) Smug, smug and if i were in western (laughs) pennsylvania i would not But, um, you know, so we all look at the past as rosier, at least in church. Um, I look at all of those things that were so good in my life right before I took this call. And it's tough. And if I stay looking back, if I keep wanting to be in that dwelling place with Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, uh, hanging out with Peter, James, and John, then I am not busy being involved with the people I have been called to serve here in New Jersey. I am not busy looking for God at work in the world right here in Freehold and reflecting on how I'm supposed to be a part of that work.
0: Yeah. I think that's really great reflection. And and that's what this this hinge of transfiguration calls us to reflect on. When are we you know, we are we do need to be in the moment, um, but we also need to realize that the moment is pushing us through the season to the next. And so always be on the watch for what is what is to come right after this. No, this no, day.
1: no, make it stop, make it stop. This is too much introspection. This is too much self-examination. <laughs>
0: You're such a three. <laughs> <laughs> I have
1: um, no idea what that means. <laughs> I know, one of these
0: days we're gonna get you trained on uh, what it means to be an Enneagram. Three. I think self-awareness is great. Anyway, um, yeah, embrace the change of the season. Embrace um, the message. Listen up. Listen up um, and prepare. Start thinking about maybe this week um, what, what you want your Lenten practices to be. And, you know, there's the traditional fast. I'm going to fast from chocolate. Like that's not particularly helpful unless you're like a major chocolate addict, in which case that might be. Um, But this is, we're moving into this season where we, we stop and we reflect so that we can see what idols are preventing us from hearing and listening and seeing Jesus and um, removing them and replacing them with, with good practice.
1: Yes. Throwing them down, smashing them, Uh, casting away the chains of the memory of the way church used to be or uh, a time in our personal lives that we wish we could inhabit again. You know, it's those are easy traps to fall into. We all do this. I know I do. And uh, this is the the reason for looking within is to see those places those pitfalls um, those toils and snares that slow us down and so that we don't just rush about flail about wildly with this message and rather we find ways to present it more effectively We find the places where we need to share the message. We focus on the ways in which we share it. And maybe we begin by listening rather than talking.
0: That's a hard one. Listening, not talking. Especially for the likes of us.
1: Indeed. (laughs) Uh, Us who got three years of training in talking about all of this. And and maybe two weeks in pastoral, in our pastoral care class, to talk about counseling and listening.
0: (laughs) There is not a semester-long seminary class on how to shut up. But there's a lot of classes on how to talk.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The the only shut up in seminary was, shut up and listen while I talk. (laughs) Yes.
0: Oh, well, I think we've uh, we've done justice. I think today to to the the ground we wanted to cover, and um, I, I believe have we to, have done
1: justice, even if we haven't necessarily walked humbly.
0: That's true. That <laughs> you're right. We haven't maybe walked as humbly as as uh, called to during this time. So
1: let us pray, gracious God, dazzle us with your love. Blind us with your presence. Make us aware of all the places that you walk in this world. Humble us. Help us to become quiet. Help us to become observant. Help us to listen. To listen to all the people who are loved by you. To see all the places where there are needs. And then, in the silence, to feel the presence of your Holy Spirit. To feel your convictions placed upon us. And then to act in grace and prudence. We ask for all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
0: Amen. Oh, dear friends, go in peace to love and serve the Lord by loving and serving one another. Amen. Amen. I am gonna go start some pizza dough now because today is National Pizza Day, but the snowplow has not plowed the eight or nine inches of snow off of my street yet, so I cannot, with a good conscience, order delivery pizza tonight. So
1: happy Mm. National Pizza Day. Mm. Hashtag first world problems.
0: (laughs) I have to go make my own pizza dough because my street hasn't been cleared. Yeah, but I got to celebrate National Pizza Day. That's Mm. too good of a holiday to miss.
1: I, I wish I had known because then I wouldn't have had pizza for lunch yesterday.
0: Thanks for joining us on Soft Idolatry. For show notes and more information, check out our website at softidolatry.com. To send us questions or comments, you can email us at info@softidolatry.com. At and if you'd like to help support this podcast, please become a patron at www.patreon.com/softidolatry. That's patreon p a t r e o n.